Abundant life. I love this theme. I love uh, how all of these fruits here spring up from that abundant life. And today we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And so some of you may say, what is this fruit? What does it mean that there is a fruit that comes by walking by the Spirit? And so if you have your Bibles today, we're going to turn to Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And we're going to look at how Paul says what the fruit of the Spirit is. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we can look at this verse and think, well, that all sounds nice, but where does this fruit come from? What does it mean that there is a fruit from the way that we walk in the spirit or the way that we live our lives? And to first understand the fruit, we must understand the source of the fruit. We must understand the tree and the vineyard. And so to understand this, we're going to also go to John 15, verses 1 to 5, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, what some would call the upper room discourse, and he says to them, at the beginning of the chapter, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, but every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So looking at this passage, we, we start to understand where this fruit is coming from. And as a whole, it is, I kind of see it, I guess, as a vineyard and, or as Mark said last year, almost walking through this orchard and the vine itself is Jesus. He says, I am the true vine. And the, with, but it's also with the help of the Father who's the vine dresser. And so three questions that we're going to be asking today is, where does this fruit come from? How do we cultivate this fruit in our lives? And what does this mean for us as a community? What does this mean for prairie? And so first of all, we've looked at that this fruit comes from the vine. It comes from Jesus himself. And it also comes with the help of his father, the vine dresser, or the one who prunes. And not only does it come from that, but it also comes from 
us as Christians belonging to the family of Christ. And so since we are God's children, we have the spirit of God living inside of us. And therefore, we have access to the fruit of the spirit. Because when, when God adopted us, or in, in Roman, Romans 8.14, it says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And so when we entered into this family, when we entered into this kingdom, we now have the ability and we now have the responsibility to be a part of this vine, be a part of God's vineyard. And so because of this, we are able to live by the spirit and we're able to, as Paul would say later on, keep in step with the spirit. And so where does this fruit come from? Well, it, it comes from Jesus, the vine, and the, and the help of the father, the vine dresser. And it also comes from being children of God. So we have this inheritance as children of God to cultivate this fruit. But what does that look like to cultivate this fruit in our lives? Well, the first things first is that it's not usually automatic. It's not usually that we just bow our heads and say, God, I need love or I need peace right now for this person or patience. They're really tinging me off and I need you to come through for me, God. No, it's not usually like that. It's usually something that has come from steadfast abiding, something that comes from constantly coming back to him as our source, as our vine. And so the first thing is that it takes time to grow. It's not automatic. We can't rush the process. And this makes me think of, say, in our culture, we have access to so many things just at our fingertips. And so I, put, I wrote down, it's not a YouTube video. We can't just click on the link and it's there and there's the fruit. But instead, it's a constant clinging and a constant remaining in God's word and in his promises and actually trusting him in whatever we're going through. And so in steadfast abiding, we get this, this wholehearted devotion to God. It's abiding in him no matter what the circumstances are. And even if we don't understand his ways, we can still trust his character. So wholehearted devotion. So how do we cultivate this fruit in our lives? Wholehearted devotion and keeping our eyes fixed on him. And as we keep our eyes fixed on him in our walk or as we're abiding or however, you, however your mind wants to picture it of us maybe walking through this vineyard and seeing these fruits, we start to, we start to see the fruit flourish. And as we walk along and the father gardener looks to these trees and these vineyards, he is the one who's going to prune those. And if you know just a little bit about pruning or gardening, you usually have to, it usually kind of almost hurts the plant. 
or it hurts the, the vine itself. And so I think this is where we start to surrender our, our desires and we let the Father prune us. And even though it might hurt and even though it might... Um, even though it might come across as, why are you doing this, Lord? We know that he knows the best for us. And we know that if we can just put our full trust in him, then we can surrender all these things that are at his feet and, and understand why he's pruning us. And usually after the pruning is, is more growing, and, and the fruit is even more, it flourishes even more. And so we have wholehearted devotion to God. We have being, opening, being open for pruning. And we also have walking in the Spirit's desires and fleeing from the sinful desires. In just above the, the fruit of the Spirit, there's a verse that says, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And so this is very important to understand that this is a battle that's going on, that there's a waging war between the desires of the spirit and the desires of the sinful nature. And if we don't look out, we won't win this battle. And I just, I have, a, I have a story to share about that, um, one that I think relates well to um, this message. And it was when I, it was in my family home and we had a, we had this cherry tree in the backyard. And I remember every July, the cherries, right at the beginning of July, they would be perfect. They'd be ready to pluck off the tree. And I remember as a kid, like eight years old, just ready to pick the cherries off the tree. But a couple weeks before the cherries were completely ripened, or however you could say it, um, these magpies would come along and pluck at our cherries. And if you don't know what a magpie is, it's a really annoying bird. <laughs> um, and they would pluck off the cherries and I would go out there as an eight-year-old kid and I'd run out and squawk at them and say, get out of here, you're ruining our cherries. And as I think about this, I think about the fruit of the spirit and then the sinful nature trying to pluck away at it. And I think it goes so well with understanding what, what, what are things in our lives that are getting in the way? What are these magpies that are picking at the fruit that we have so steadfastly uh, produced through Jesus and through the, the help of the Father. And for me, when I, when I first came to Prairie, it was back in 2019, I'm kind of an old fart around here now. <laughs> um, but when I first came to Prairie, I, I removed myself from my hometown and I started to see almost my life from a different perspective. 
And I remember sitting in my dorm room over there and looking out the window. And, you know, I'm from BC. We got nice mountains. And it's far away from here. Like, you can't see the mountains from the dorm room. So you're like, oh, it's just so far away. And, but I remember it was, gave me this new perspective of how I was living my life back home. And what I recognized is that I was living a two-sided life. I was not choosing Jesus as my complete source of life. And what I was doing back home is I, was, I, I led a, a youth group at my, at my church, and in the week it'd be great. But then on the weekends, I'd go with my friends and I'd get drunk. And to me, I couldn't quite see what the problem was. And it's like I wasn't running outside and chewing those magpies away. I was just letting them pluck at that tree. And so with that being said, when I came here, I was able to remove myself from that environment and see it from a new perspective. And when I saw that new perspective, I started to understand more of why Jesus is the source of life and why that he is the vine. And that as I looked at that, I started to almost step into this new source of life. It wasn't a back and forth of the spirit and the sinful nature, but it was, it was a, a constant abiding in him. And so maybe some of you new students are experiencing the same thing. You leave your home and you leave your friends and maybe they perceive you differently now because you're at a Bible college or whatever it is. But we're all here for a reason and we're all here according to God's purposes. And so I would encourage you guys to, to think about where is my source of life right now? Where do I get my love and my joy and my peace and this, this list of amazing things that we all want in our lives. And so with that being said, what, what does this mean for us as a community? We, we know where the fruit comes from. We know how to cultivate it. But what does it mean for us? And so one thing it does mean is that it's a call to be different than this world. And... It's, it's countercultural. Um, if you look above in the, in the scripture that we looked at, it talks about the acts of the sinful nature. And, and Paul calls them obvious. Like, as like, you know what it is. You know what's picking away at your fruit. And so, as we, as we look to a different source of life, we have to understand that it's going to be countercultural, and it is going to offend our friends, or it is going to um, maybe take away our social status, or whatever is maybe important to you back home. Or so, as a as a prairie community, we all play a part in this because we're all connected to this vine, and this vine is is our source of life. It's Jesus not anything else. And to really understand that, 
we have to realize that it's not about fitting into this world. It's not about fitting into our town or our province, um, but actually standing out and being known by our fruit. And so, as we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we have to do this in unity. We have to walk in the, the Spirit's desires together because the moment that we start getting disconnected from the vine, something's gonna come and swoop us or some magpie's gonna come and pluck us off the tree. However, you can visualize that in your head. And as a community, let's create room for the Spirit to work because his timing is different than ours. We must, just like we must remain in the vine, which is our source, Jesus, we must keep in step with the Spirit. But this is one thing that I've tried to wrap my head around. It's always hard. Trying to remember that the wind blows wherever it pleases. And in John 3, 8, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he says, the wind, and he's talking about the Spirit, he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is everyone born of the Spirit. And so, as born-again Christians, we, uh, we have to remember that the Spirit is going to move in maybe a way that we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't want Him to move, or maybe in, in, it's not going to be in our ways, but His ways. And so we have to be open for him to work in his ways. Even when we don't understand it, we can trust him because he is our ultimate source. And so I encourage everyone here to ponder this this week of which magpies in my life are plucking at the tree and God, give me the courage to shoo them away and not let them continually put me in a place where I don't want to be. And so I want to end today with a reading from Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And if you would turn there, then we can all look at it together. And would everyone mind standing? Thank you so much. Everyone's like, oh, 10 o'clock, what time is it? Who's this guy? Okay. Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Lord, the throne of the God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let us pray. Father, we look to you to be our vine dresser. We look to your son Jesus to be our source. And we ask today that you give us this fruit. Lord, that we can, we can see when the sinful nature is trying to pluck away at this fruit. Father, thank you for giving us the gift of your spirit. And thank you for fulfilling it all through your son, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that as we go throughout our weeks and the, and the months and all this time studying your word and becoming your children even more as we look to our Father, we ask that you would give us the fruit, that we would flourish as a community, Lord. We pray for every single person here that they would understand that they are a part of this vine, that they are connected to the vine, and that through this vine, we will see fruit. And together in unity, we can chase after your son, chase after the things of the spirit. And so we ask today as we go that, you're, that the true vine Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth would reign in our hearts and our minds. Pray this in your name, amen.